Hello, everyone. Welcome to the third episode of the EDI in Business podcast, brought to you by Equality, Diversity and Inclusion at Imperial College Business School. My name is Manu Shams, and I'm the Vice President of the Equality, Diversity, Inclusion Committee, and currently studying MSc Strategic Marketing. Today, we are honored to have as our guest Antonia Komprovlu, who is a transdisciplinary scholar of business management and intercultural communication and an independent researcher. Welcome, Antonia. Uh, hello, Mahnur. So nice to see you again. I'm very proud to see you're doing so well in your academic studies, uh, studying at Imperial Business School. Um, and it's great to be here and see you again. And um, thank you so much for the invite. It's great to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so today, our, our main topic today will be uh, focusing on the lack of leadership training, mentorship, and the presence of the strong role models and underrepresented minority and women. So I will ask a couple of questions. So Antonia, tell, tell us something about yourself, for example, your career life. Thank you, uh, Mahnoor. Um, I want to share, I, I was thinking about how to introduce myself to the podcast, and I just want to share my experience of studying in the UK myself. Um, I first came to the country when I was 19, and my worldview was very limited, and um, I just feel very grateful and happy um, to have had this experience because it really opened my horizons in ways that would be unthinkable had I not moved out of mm -hmm. Greece, which is my country of origin. Um, so I think we are all in our life trajectories, uh, evolving, learning. We are on this journey of continuous learning. And I can see that in myself when I started out my undergraduate studies in English language and literature, I was, uh, very impressionable and I had never traveled out of Greece at that time and the cultural shock um, coming into a country which is very di different, uh, vastly, uh, vastly different to Greece was um, um, an invaluable experience that I think it's even more important that the actual academic study that I did, it was an eye opener and uh, those experiences shape who we are and they are very important for our children's and young people's education and learning. So um, I'm very glad to be here and to share my experience and, uh, and what I've learned through this journey so far. So yes. thank you, Mark. Yes, that's completely agree. As an international student, as my, myself, coming to uh, undergraduate, doing my undergraduate, it really opens a lot of perspective to see different point of view, thinking out of the box and meeting also people from different around the world. That's what makes uh, to see diverse people is something that's really important that you don't have interaction when you're in your home country, specifically surrounded by your people. Um, exactly. So the next question will be like, why, what do you think, why is mentorship so important for women and minority leaders? What's your Yes, view? thank you. Uh, very good question. Um, I would like to start by saying that um, mentorship um, is actually the roots of the word come from the Greek mythology, uh, which I'm Ooh. quite proud of. Nice. <laughs> and, Yes, and a mentor back uh, then in ancient Greece was somebody older in age who was considered to be a sage and a trusted counselor. Mm -hmm. So um, this, I think it um, uh, describes quite well the essence of mentorship, um, of having someone to act as a role model. 
to help you not only acquire knowledge and skills uh, and offer wisdom, information, guidance and support, but also to, you know, to offer um, psychological support, uh, emotional support, uh, and especially during the times we are in at the moment, I think this is very, very important. Mm-hmm. And it's very, it's the same that um, there is limited uh, mentorship opportunities uh, for um, a large number of people uh, worldwide. I think this mm-hmm. should change. Um, this is very important. Um, and especially now that we are moving to a different professional um workplace a reality with a lot of more customization, flexibility, remote work, the role of mentorship is even more important because we are dealing with a lot of problems and challenges on our own. We don't have somebody to talk to. Um, A lot of workers, a lot of employees and students face the same harsh reality. So the role of mentor and mutual mentorship, a lot of times meaning coming from both ways, young people towards older and vice versa, for example, is very important in today's reality. Yes, completely agree. As you mentioned that mentorship is also having supporting people. And also I would like to give a brief example. When I was an undergraduate, I remember working with you as a, when I was a president of the Mentoring Cloud Society to support students to, who were struggling yes. in academic as well. Even here, when I started in the beginning of Imperial, it started in the lockdown when the COVID rise was really high in the UK and the support was really needed. And I think the Imperial also supported in that way where we can interact. And I think it's way more important to have a social interaction at the moment because of due to lockdown that has affected um, you know, our minds and we are shut down from the outside world. But now slowly, gradually seeing the easing of the lockdown, hopefully finger crossed, uh, we will get back to the normal life again. Absolutely. I agree with you, um, Mahnoor. And um, the problem is that um, a lot of people don't have access to mentorship that we're going to address, of course. Um, A lot of people don't have that opportunity or they don't know how to um, ask for it. Um, They don't know that they have the right to ask for it. Um, And I think this is important. I was um, doing a class uh, recently um, in a postgraduate class, and we were discussing about mental uh, health uh, during COVID-19. And the, curi- the, the devastating thing was we were reading uh, about um, a research um, uh, publication. And according to the public, it was a McKinsey report. And according to that, less than 50% of most wealthy corporations in the US and around the world are willing to invest in mental wealth programs, which should be mm-hmm. one of the key priorities of businesses and mentorship yes. can be one of uh, you know, the parameters of providing that kind of mental wealth support. Yes. Um, so it's, um, it, yes, we need, to be, and we need to be connected. It's yeah. very good that you're mentioning um, interpersonal networks. Yes. I was just reading um, a report on that and for people of color and especially mm-hmm. for women of color, that challenge mm-hmm. is even uh, bigger than yeah. women, white women, to to grow their interpersonal network. Yeah. So it is challenging for women in general, but it's even more challenging for um, underrepresented groups and ethnic groups, and especially women of color, to grow their interpersonal network. And I think the role of the mentor there is key 
to help the women, you know, the women um, grow their confidence and their social networks and, and also giving them a forum, giving them the platforms they need to do that. Yes, completely agree. And also the point that you mentioned, like some people don't know that they're required. They have, they have a right to ask for them and the help. And I think it's really important, especially now with this COVID-19, um, it has been really affected. And I think now is the time to you know, stand up and you know, raise a voice so that people can get help. And, and this issue is, should be one of the top priority issue of the big corporation as well. Um, for, so following up the uh, next question is, uh, mm -hmm. in your opinion, what are some reasons why it's difficult for women and minority leaders to find mentorship? Yes, uh, very good question. Um, I just want to give some statistics that I found that I would like to share with you in the podcast. 57% mm -hmm. um, of workforce uh, at the moment of uh, recent graduates, according to us, 2017 study are women. So at the moment, graduates from all across all industries are more women than men. But even with that percentage that has risen and it's very welcome, only 14% of senior executive positions at Fortune 500 companies are held by women. So those most powerful companies with uh, the largest um, you know, uh, wealth, amount of wealth, have a 14% representation at senior level. Mm -hmm. Those figures in Europe are even more devastating. About 2.5% of European company chairpersons are women. And oh. um, if we take it to uh, look at um, my own uh, sector, the higher education sector, 40% mm -hmm. um, of higher administrative education, administrative positions are held by women. Oh. And um, and, and, and that includes also ethnic minorities. So it seems that those underrepresented um, groups, even though they, um, they have progressively um, had more opportunities for education um, or training, that doesn't translate, unfortunately, into better workplace opportunities, um, progression into leadership positions and roles. Um, and Unfortunately, there is this, uh, we all know what we call the glass ceiling. And this is a systemic um, problem. A lot of challenges and barriers that um, hinder women and people from um, um, ethnic groups, ethnic minorities to, to, to achieve the advancement and the recognition they want and deserve. The reasons for that, we can see the numbers are, are, are you know, reflective of the truth around us. The reason is um, because ethnic disc um, discrimination, racial discrimination is systemic. And it, it, it can be found not only in the workplace, it can be found in education, mm -hmm. uh, in healthcare, in justice. Mm -hmm. We've had the recent um, issues with the Black Alive, uh, Lives yeah. Matter movement are indicative of that systemic racism and inequality. So there are a lot of things that need to change, starting from uh, the, the, you know, the, the big institutions in our lives, uh, the family, the education, justice, and healthcare to provide, um, first of all, to shed light uh, on those um, structural and systemic inequalities um, and then to find solutions at policy level. 
Uh, so there needs to be a political um, will and commitment for um, systemic changes to happen. One key, and this is very important, the policy level, otherwise we will not see collective um, and determining change. Um, and an example I can give you is now we have, according to law in the UK, companies with more than 250 employees, which are considered mm-hmm. to be large companies, have by law the obligation to publish their gender pay gap rates. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that, that is not true at the moment for ethnic minorities and the ethnic, ethnic pay gap. It is not yet protect, um, uh, imposed by law for companies of this size to report on, on, on the ethnic pay gap and the disparities mm-hmm. that we, if we, if we don't have the formal records, the evidence to study um, you know, and to compare with other uh, countries and other policy frameworks that we can implement to look at the underlying reasons why those things still are my, very much evident in um, industries like tech, engineering, um, mm-hmm. education. We won't be able to move forward and to make considerable progress. So I think it's really important. And it's very disappointing that especially ethnic discrimination has been under-researched in the yeah. UK, uh, mm-hmm. which is a progressive country where you would expect those things to be much more um, you know, advanced and they are compared to like my, my country, for example, but mm-hmm. still we need to make very big steps yes. uh, without hesitation and with clarity, what you said, um, requesting to have a voice yeah. in academia, yeah. in policy, mm-hmm. um, in government institutions. Um, we need to have a strong voice Yes. come together and ask for um, you know structural changes and research research is key because knowledge magnitude is power if we yeah. don't know if we don't really understand what is happening and why we won't be able to change it agree. from the root yeah agree i think i completely agree with your point and you know one thing that um currently i also learned at imperial and also as a vice president of the edi committee is that the main aim of the committee was to raise awareness of the edi of among the students and to show them how important diversity is, how important is everyone's voice, like supporting each other. And that's really important because every, every like diverse people have different sort of you know, capabilities and different point of view. And considering that their point of view is also something really important that needs to be taken into account. As you said, especially in the UK as it is a progressing country, and taking that, having a power, having a voice is super important. I believe that. Yes, I couldn't agree more. You're absolutely right. And everyone's voice, everyone's experience, we have to really, everyone should um, really uh, realize that is equally important. Yes. And, we, and we should respect all voices and all um, uh, mindsets and walks and people from different walks of life. Um, this is very important for international businesses in our globalized world, this is uh, a reality uh, and we have to be, you know, uh, we're living in the globalized era. We mm-hmm. have to uh, develop the tools for people to really live in, a, in an equitable and inclusive environment, not only in mm-hmm. words, but in actually living and breathing breathing that. Yes, I agree. So um, the next question is that, uh, Antonia, for you, is that we understand that you believe mentorship are particularly lacking for minorities in the UK. 
How systematic do you think the issue is? Yes, thank you, Mahnoor. I think we kind of discussed this already. And um, sorry. Um, this starts from, you know, um, the mentors, um, people we have in mentorship roles in our lives from our early mm -hmm. socialization years. Um, girls, for example, are taught and encouraged by family a lot more to express their feelings, to talk about their feelings. And according mm -hmm. to research, they have a much more diverse and varied and rich vocabulary to use mm -hmm. uh, to, to speak about emotions. Yes. And this is the opposite for, for the majority of boys who are yeah. not really encouraged to speak about emotions. Mm -hmm. And they have a, a, at the age, the same age, like eight to 12 years old, um, when these are very important developmental years, um, they have a much more limited vocabulary to discuss emotions. This means that we are already stereotyping yep. the role, uh, you know, the roles that um, both boys and girls are um, expected to, 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 to occupy in later life. We don't prepare them to, um, to have more um, out of the box, non-stereotypical experiences. Mm -hmm. um, so it starts from, from the family and families need to be educated how to encourage both boys and girls to, you know, for girls to be more um, encouraged to take on traditional uh, uh, male occupations, let's say, to try um, and, and develop uh, competencies and skills in those male-dominated areas and vice versa. I think and men are now starting to realize that some traditionally female roles can now be taken on by men. Mm -hmm. I think this is yeah. really hopeful for real, real change to happen and to open the door to more women and, of course, um, people of ethnic uh, minorities um, to take on roles in tech. It's still a mm -hmm. very much entrenched um, industry. It is dominated by white males. And it's uh, and when there is um, the consumer base globally now, it's much more diverse. And Twitter, for example, has more women um, clients than men globally. So how can we cater for this diverse um, mm -hmm. audience or consumer base when in our um, boards in our C-suite we still have uh, a majority, a vast majority of, of, of white men? This needs to change. Yeah, uh, quickly through education reform, mm -hmm. um, through educating parents to uh, open up horizons for uh, both boys and girls and to think outside of the box. Yeah. And also, I think just our teachers, mentors, family members have a, a, um, a moral um, responsibility to teach the young generation respect humanity, like our humanities to respect each other very basic moral principles and values that are true to any, you know, any nationality or any, any community. So we have to really um, go back to what makes us human and, and to, to, to try and ed educate our children these very core values that I think we are losing sight of. And it's very unfortunate. Couldn't agree more with your point, Antonia. And I think that's a really important point that you raised. So one of the last question I have you is uh, how do you, so we talk about, like you said about, about the voice that the ethnic minorities, 
should have for the mentorship and leadership as well. So how do you suggest as universities should improve the presence of a role model for minorities? Exactly. I was on a panel with women discussing uh, diversity and inclusion uh, in the workplace. And mm -hmm. um, one of them is working in tech and she said, um, we don't have role models to, 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 to inspire us. Uh, you know, when mm -hmm. we were younger to, to, to be more confident, yeah. to be more, yes. uh, you know, more decisive, more, more ambitious. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very important to have positive role models um, diverse role models. Uh, and in higher education, especially, this is important not only for the people who work in academia, uh, but also for the students, because the student body is changing a lot more now. Mature professionals uh, are coming back to study uh, because they want to, to, uh, to, to change their careers or they want to enhance their. Um, their skill set for various reasons. And those um, students have um, careers themselves. They, a lot of them have families and they are in need of positive role models uh, themselves. So this is positive and beneficial, not only for the workforce in um, higher education, but also for the student body. And it's very, very important to take positive measures to ensure that the uh, pay gap is lessened so every university has, and, and they do publish in the UK, their gender pay gap annually. I think the ethnic pay gap, as I've mentioned before, should be the next step to impose that um, and to, uh, to, uh, based in, in, uh, to make that, um, to enforce that by law. Um, so because when we have the evidence, we can see what, why, what, what the trends are and why, and, and then um, to, to work on resolving them. And making positive changes. Um, from personal experience, uh, um, some positive steps taken um, at uh, the previous institution where I worked, and you know, uh, personally, you have been a student there before, Mahnur, is that there, mm -hmm. um, there, there were developed um, leadership programs especially designed for women only. Yep. And this was um, uh, this, the information and the invite to uh, participate in the training program was disseminated to everyone. Mm -hmm. So without any discrimination, all women across the, um, the, um, the university group received the same information, had access to the same resources and materials. And it was up to them to um, make a case for themselves to apply for the position and, um, and see if they could get a, uh, you know, a place because they were very sought after and they were very good. It was a very good program. But these initiatives whether it's by universities or corporations are very positive steps to close the gap. Because when you have a leadership training program, especially for women, it's, uh, it, it's exactly that giving them the tools, the skills, the confidence to then uh, you know, apply for senior, for tenured positions. Mm -hmm. it yes. is an, it's a powerful enabler. Um, one that can change organizational norms and traditional culture. Mm -hmm. So we need these kinds of programs. Um, another one that I can mention, it's not in the education sector, but um, the NHS have developed a reciprocal mentoring um, for inclusion program. And um, this is an intervention to create transformative, transformational change on, um, and create a culture of diversity, equality, and inclusion. And this is reciprocal mentorship 
Um, so not only the senior or more experienced members train the younger ones or the minority uh, group members, but vice versa. So they are seen as equal partners in, progr- in progress. So senior executive leaders are also mentored and educated by underrepresented group members like BAME or LGBTQ disability. And I think oh, this is a great step from the, from the NHS and, and good for them. Yes, that's super interesting. And I think that's a really big step that NHS has taken. And uh, um, so thank you so much, Antonia, for joining the podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it. And so, so did I. And uh, I, I, yeah, it was a great pleasure. Thank you so much for the invite. I, it was a very, very uh, interesting um, discussion, very interesting topics. Uh, I am also very passionate about, so it was a great pleasure to have this opportunity to discuss those issues with you, uh, Matthew, and to get your perspective as a student as well. Thank you so much. So, um, So guys, this is the end of the podcast. So Thank you to all of you who are listening to our podcast. Please make sure to look out for a new episode on the Imperial College Business School social media. We are constantly looking for new people to join us as guests. And if you're interested, please email us at edi.icbs at imperial.ac.uk.